Welcome, or I hope welcome back to the Introverted Black Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Shalia. This week, we talk raising strong daughters and just in time in August, right? We talk sending the kiddos off to college. So we have a special guest, y'all. This guest is author Christy Pruitt-Haynes, who has a newly published book titled At the Pay for This-ish. So it's her take, her hilarious take on the whole college admissions process and all the ish parents need to pay for. So we talk college costs and becoming an empty nester. Stay tuned, y'all. Okay, y'all. So this week, as promised, I have a special guest, right? And this guest is super amazing. She's a multi-hyphenated woman, right? She is a mom, an aunt, an author, a TEDx speaker, consultant, a human resources and leadership development expert, and she's a soon-to-be empty nester. Everyone, please welcome Miss Christy Pruitt-Haynes. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be here. Thank you. I'm glad that you popped in with us. Now, I know you have a bunch of things that you could talk about because as the intro, everyone out in listening land heard, she has a lot of things she could talk about, but we'll hop into this one first. I wanted to get into um, talking about your mom journey, right? So I wanted to talk about your journey as a black mom, you're raising a strong woman. So, because you just describe your personal journey thus far with your daughter. Absolutely. And I have to say my journey into motherhood actually started with me becoming an aunt. So shout out to my sister um, who who sort of paved the way. So I was fortunate enough to um, to be a big part of my niece's life. So I got a little bit of a sort of preview in what it was like when she was born. And even from from just being around her, I realized my life would never be the same. So the things that used to seem important, the things I used to talk about, seemed to change overnight. Everything was about this little baby, Mm -hmm. and um, she seemed to occupy my every thought and and really transform the way I approach life. So then about three and a half years later, when I became a mom, luckily I had that sort of as a blueprint. So I had some ideas, but it's still nothing like when you actually hold that little person in your arms for the first time and you feel both a sense of extreme joy and extreme panic, or at least I did. <laughs> I think that's you know, normal. Good, good. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone because it was one of those things, you know, you're literally responsible for this person's life. And it was really my goal from the very beginning, and, as, and you said it, to raise a strong, independent, capable, you know, child or adult rather. And that's really how I looked at it. I didn't look at it as raising a child. I knew I was raising a mini adult. Yes. You're, there's such a difference. You know, you're a child for just a few years, but you're going to be an adult for the rest of your life. So I wanted her to have the skills it took to be successful at adulting, which sometimes made the childhood years a bit of a tug of war, a little challenging at times, if Uh I'm honest. But, you know, even as at an early age, my thought was, and I taught Christiana this very early on, if she could logic or reason her way out of something, then she wins. So fortunately... Oh, it, and she she tested it every single time. But what it taught her was throwing tantrums aren't going to get what you want in life. You have to be able to think logically. You have to be able to articulate your point. 
So, you know, I had a lot of friends who would question, why are you sitting and having a 15 minute conversation with this three year old over whether or not she's going to eat her broccoli? Mm -hmm. I said, because ultimately it's up to her when she's an adult. So if she can come up with an alternative, if she can give me something that makes better sense, I give in to that. So I'm so glad you agree. But, you know, it, it made for you know, a lot of just fascinating conversations. We talked about everything and thankfully we still do. I knew if we did it as a kid and I sat and had the conversations that mattered to her, then as she grew up, she would have the conversations that mattered to me. And I am so glad that we have that relationship. She tells me all kinds of things, a lot of things that most kids don't tell their parents because she knows ultimately I'm going to help her through it. You know, I'm not here to punish you. I'm here to help you figure things out for yourself. So that was always my approach. And, you know, knock on wood, it's worked well so far. That is amazing. I'm glad um, to meet another mom that we have in common. Like, quick side note, you brought me to a bunch of things. I know Mm -hmm. that I feel like a lot of times, um, I guess we can equate it to the black community. We kind of have maybe more of an old school way of thinking that do as I say, not as I do thing. And um, to add on to what you were saying about raising a mini adult I can remember being pregnant with my daughter and praying and I remember telling my husband I'm like I just want her just to be a good person a good yes. person I pray I pray for the health I did and then I remember mm-hmm. like praying the order I'm like good person and health are up there and I'm like and if she's cute that's a bonus <laughs> <laughs> yes and, yes and um what you said about the relationship you had with your daughter I can remember I didn't realize it at the time but I was able to have, I think, such a close relationship with my mom. And once I got older, I discovered that my peers didn't have as open relationships. We were Mm -hmm. able to talk about, quote unquote, harder topics that some of my peers had never, and to this day, have never discussed with their parents. And to add on to, if you can kind of reason your way out about it, I don't want her to be um, with the sheep mindset. Think outside the box. No, say no. Don't just give in because of authority. Because absolutely. When I was younger, I thought every adult wanted the best for you. I thought all of them were right. Until I remember, Mm -hmm. and I won't go into the long story, until I was in fourth grade and a substitute teacher lied on me and I was crushed. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wait, what? I was so confused. I had never experienced that. Always was um, considered to be really respectful. Adults loved me. I got along well with adults. Mm-hmm. And one time an adult lied on me. And that shaped me since then from fourth grade. And I yes. was like, oh my goodness. So that's my long spiel of why I'm so glad you uh, mentioned those things and your relationship with your daughter. Yes. I, d- I never wanted her to blindly follow anything, right. including me. Yes. including me yes. and you know question me I'm not perfect I'm gonna get things wrong and when I do we can have a conversation it needs to be a respectful conversation Absolutely. but but you can call me out and that that I wanted her to know that from the very beginning right. because it's that blind following that gets so many people especially girls and especially black girls in trouble and I just never wanted her to go down that road yes that is amazing Okay, before I get too carried away with that one. All right, so now we talked about all the good bonding and all the um, ups of relationships. Have there been any challenges while raising your daughter? And would you like to go into detail with some of them? (laughs) 
Absolutely. Um, I would be lying if I said there weren't. And, you know, some of them are things you expect as as kids get older. They're naturally going to test the waters. They're going to test their boundaries. And that's a part of growing up. Um, Sometimes I felt like that was healthy testing. Other times it was you're just digging your heels in for no reason. And this is not (laughs) serving you well. So, you know, I and I remember distinctly saying to her, she was probably seven or eight at the time. Um, saying this skill, this is going to serve you well in adulthood, but right now we just need a break. We need to just go to our separate <laughs> areas right. of the house and take a moment to breathe through this. Um, so, so yeah, you know, it hasn't been easy. Okay. There've been moments and, and especially like I'm, I'm divorced from her father. I'm remarried now. So okay. going through that process of getting divorced and introducing another man to her life and remarrying. That was a lot. You know, she it made her question, what's my role? How is this going to affect me yeah. with my relationship with him? So seeing some of those ups and downs and some of those just changes and shifts that naturally occurred, you know, I had to really, really focus and sort of pour into her. So she knew nothing was changing with our relationship. She was still my priority. She always would yeah. be no matter what. And this was something adding on top of that as opposed to replacing so some okay. of those moments, again, they, they were hard. There were moments of disappointment. You know, every kid wants what they want. And when they don't get it, they can be very, very disappointed. There have been many t- days of tears. Yeah. But overall, I think even in those moments in the back of her mind, she knew I am doing what I'm doing for her ultimate good. She may not like it in the moment, but this is a long term play. That's right. So so we always had that to come back to. That's that's amazing it was something you said that stuck out to me so i'll throw this one at you um when we're talking about challenges and maybe something suiting you better in life is there like maybe just one example or characteristic that you notice chris christiana yes christiana christiana you did you notice that she it may have been difficult when she was younger but now it seems to have served her well just give us one if you can think of one Absolutely. That little girl was born with the desire to be heard. Um, And and she really was um, to the point that she could be relentless about things and almost badger a point and just keep at it and keep at it. And as a child, you know, for some people, it kind of rubbed them the wrong way because she would keep coming back to something. Well, no, I don't understand. We need to talk about this more. This doesn't make sense. You know, and she would keep at it. And for some adults, it felt it felt disrespectful. And that was never her intent. But that's how it came off to them. But now she's able to advocate for herself. So as she's now transitioning out of out of our home and into college and sort of into the real world, I know she can push for the things that really matter to her. I know she can ask the question that if a professor doesn't grade a paper right. I know she'll be able to come back and say, can we have a conversation about this right. instead of just accepting less? So as a child, you know, it, it made for some long nights. <laughs> but now, you know, I rest easy knowing she has that That's skill right. and she knows how to use it. That's right. That's cool. So it, you can say she has a lot of stick to itness, and she's going to oh, ask yes. the questions. I need you to clarify this. But that makes sense. Mm-hmm. To me, that sounds like um, a person with good communication skills. Someone yes. you're just not going to push over and walk all over. I need to understand, okay, why? I won't just, I'll follow this if this makes sense, but just explain to me why. Same thing right. that you kind of did with her, right? Okay, if you can explain out of this, then let's go. And then she'll probably think, 
If you can explain why this makes sense, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm good with it. Right. But if it doesn't make sense, then I'm not just going to blindly follow behind you. That's and right. it truly is so interesting. She was like that from day one. I remember before she could talk, you know, at that stage where they're making sounds, but mm -hmm. there's no words there yet. We were out eating one day and she kept repeating the same phrase. It was all gibberish, but yeah. to her, she was clearly saying something. And she kept repeating it three or four times and none of us knew. So we were just handing random things to her. You know, <laughs> is this what you want? Is this what you want? Yeah. And you could see the frustration on her face. And she literally like balls up her fist and bangs them on the table. And it was out of just this desire to be heard. She needed to make her point. And it was frustrating her that she couldn't do it. But once she had language, once she could articulate things, you know, she was good. She was like, now we can have a conversation. Let's go back and forth a little right. bit. And, and it made all the difference. Hmm. Well, one of your roles, I wonder if you have a speaker on your hands. Does she get it from you? That's not I, wondering. I think this, this may be a moment of the apple not falling too far from the tree. Okay, because as you're describing, I'm like, hmm, she does really need to be heard. Okay, she might be yes. very similar to you. Okay. I, 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 I would love that if she was. <laughs> well, I do want to ask you, I guess I'm, I'm jumping the gun here. I do want to ask you more about her thoughts on college and all that good stuff, but we'll save that for a little bit later. Perfect. Um... I know that we were talking about raising daughters and we were using the word strong. So I wanted to get your opinion on this because I know that's like yes. a hot topic word, right? Mm -hmm. So it's varying opinions on it, on the word strong as it relates to describing black women. So what are your thoughts? Do you see the word strong as like empowering or maybe more of a burden? Just, just what are your thoughts in general? I see it as internally empowering but externally a burden mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is I like to describe myself as strong I like to think of me as capable and resilient and able to handle a lot of things I don't however necessarily like other people to describe me as strong because what that often means to them is I don't need help and it's some of it is just semantics my definition of strong includes knowing what I know, knowing what I don't know, and knowing when I need someone to come in and step step in to help me. That doesn't take away from my strength. It's a part of it. But for other people, when they say strong, what they think is able to handle everything, just keeps on pushing through no matter what, will accept whatever you give them and keep on rising to the occasion. And that's not okay. It's not healthy long-term. So, you know, I prefer, prefer words like resilient, I can bounce back. I can come back. But that doesn't mean I don't come down. That doesn't mean I don't need help. Doesn't mean I don't need a moment to sit and, and recuperate, so to speak. Yeah, I love you describe that beautifully. Thank <laughs> that you. Beautifully put. Um, I guess I, I feel similar. Definitely feel similar. I am not necessarily offended by the word strong. For right, a lot of right. years, I'm like, yeah, but I am. I, I mm -hmm. absolutely am. And until I would read articles, it made, I'm glad that they came out because it made me think about it in another way. But I would be lying if I didn't say that um, my strength or people perceiving, perceiving me as strong, like you said, it was that internal versus that external, has mm -hmm. sometimes been a hindrance or a disappointment. Because what yes. you're saying, like uh, check on your strong friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you when you appear to be a person who's always put together and you can help other people and you can and you are independent. 
sometimes people forget that, hey, you might need a hand, even if you aren't trying. Because I'm in no way, as, as far as, you know, my perception myself, have been the one to say, no, I don't need any help. No, I don't want it. But I think I'm very much independent and I will try my best to get things done first on my mm -hmm. own because I see it as a challenge. And I like to rise to the occasion. But with that, you have people that are like, oh, you know, they don't even think about you in that light. You're so used to being right. the helper or the savior that people don't think to kind of well, let me check on. Let me check on Shalia. Let me check on Christy. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you've taken care of everybody else, nobody thinks to check in to take care of you. Yeah. And that I think can be this danger of, of other people looking at you as, you know, quote unquote strong. So now I want to jump back into this college journey, this ride <sighs> that you all yes. are on. So your daughter is embarking on this college journey right for the first time yes and yes. Um, we want to talk about her but in my research of you i understand that you started college early so i, I did about that. <laughs> i did i started college when i was 16 and part of that is just where my birthday falls so i'm, I'm an august baby so okay. um but i also skipped a grade very early in school Got so that always had me younger than all of my peers. Okay. And, you know, when I was when I was much younger, I thought it was cool because it kind of made me different. Right. As I got older, though, it became a bit of an issue because my parents could always say, oh, no, you're too young to do that. But all of my other friends were doing it. So, you know, there was a bit of a, a tug of war there. Yeah. Um, but yes, when I when I started my freshman year of college, I was still 16 and it, at the time, it didn't seem like a big deal to me. But now that I'm on the other side, now that I'm the mom, the thought of sending, you know, Christiana's 18. Had I had to send her to college when she was 16, I'm pretty sure I would have packed up and like moved with her. So I, I feel as though I need to go back and almost apologize to my parents. I had oh. no idea of what I was truly asking them to do in that moment. Oh, and, you know, kudos to them for letting me do that and go where I wanted to go and kind of spread my wings. But um, but now being on the other side of this, being the parent, I can't couldn't even imagine it. Could not imagine it. So I'm curious. All right. So where did you study? Where did you attend college or how far away was that from your hometown? I'm curious about that. Deal. Um, so I started at Harding University, which okay. from where I lived was about. It was about a six, seven hour drive. Whoa. So yes, I was, I was not a homebody. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All, you know, I need to, I need to make sure I get mama a really good Christmas present this year. <laughs> um, and, and I remember when I first went, cause I, I had a car and driving it for the first time, you know, I felt grown up, but I'd have to imagine they were just literally in tears with, you know, worry and fear oh, and all yeah. of those things. So, yeah, that's where I was. And I ended up transferring and I finally finished up at University of Maryland, which is even further away. So I <laughs> I was very, you know, and, and again, shout out to them. They let me pick where I wanted to go. I applied to several schools and yeah. was accepted at everywhere I applied to. And they said it's completely up to you. They didn't try to influence me one way or the yeah. other. They really let me pick where I thought, um, you know, was the best fit for me. So. Again, it was um, I didn't realize what a sacrifice and what, a you know, an emotional toil that had to have put placed on them. So it was an interesting moment in time. Oh, that that is interesting. And now I'm thinking again, 
when you were speaking about your parents letting you make that decision to me this is another like another example so i'm i would assume obviously i'm just assuming here that perhaps there are similarities in your in your upbringing to your parenting um there are in a lot of ways yes yes they definitely are my parents were never the kids are seen and not heard sort of parents okay they encouraged us to ask questions you know mama had conversations with us especially both of them but especially my mom Mm -hmm. they would talk to us about anything we knew we could come to them with any question um they were a little more conservative in their thinking i think than i am but it was never a situation of me being afraid or thinking oh i could never talk to my mom about that i may not want to but I knew I could. Yes. And, okay. you know, like my parents, I the way that I even disciplined, I I got that from my mom. They weren't they weren't spankers. They didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, you know, that's not gonna teach you anything. So instead, you know, if we didn't clean our room, for example, then my mom's answer to that was, Well, you lose the privileges to your room. You can sleep in the hallway. You yeah. go in your room, you okay. get your clothes out to wear the next day. And you close and lock that door again. And what that teaches you is, exactly, if you don't take care of things, you can lose it. That's a life lesson. And after a couple of days of sleeping on the floor, suddenly cleaning your room doesn't sound so bad. I I, I, I need to take, I I think I'm going to use that one. I might (laughs) have to write that one down. That was that was courtesy of my mom. Or, you know, if, if we if we cursed and they didn't think that was right, we'd have to look up words in the dictionary. If you're trying to say you're angry, then you need to look up a list of words you can right. use it's to convey anger. Going. Why are you using those exactly. words? Exactly. Okay. So that was their approach and I very much adopted that because I figured, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. I, I, I love that. I love that. Because um I I figured that their trust in you was probably them thinking, I trust our job that we did with parents and her that she can make the right decisions for college. And now yes. and you have now raised a daughter that you have similar things with. So that's cool. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So speaking of life lessons and things, what advice have you given your daughter about college thus far? Oh, um, the biggest thing I've told her is don't be afraid to try things you haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so often we kids especially think, well, in high school, I did soccer and I did this club and that club. College is the perfect opportunity to try new things. You can reinvent yourself. You're going somewhere where no one really knows you. So if you decide, you know, all of a sudden I want to do horseback riding or whatever, this is this is your opportunity to do that. So try as many different things as you want and then see what you like. What you don't like, you put it down. What you do, you hold on to it and you lean into that. Yeah. So that's been the biggest thing. And also, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think so many kids, especially kids who performed really well up until this point, really think they're supposed to know it all and have it all figured out. And you won't. This is new. This is new territory. It's a new city. It's a new situation. So ask the questions, you know, chances are, if you have a question, there are at least five other people in that room who have the same question and everyone's scared to ask it. So ask those questions. And then of course, call your mama every day, you know, (laughs) when in doubt, just just call your mama and ask her, I will always be here. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Um, How is she feeling? 
How are you feeling? What are what are your true feelings <sighs> about her? Because it's almost August. Fall semester yes. starts in August. So what, how is she feeling? How are you feeling? She is excited and ready. Okay. Um, I think there's a little, you know, there's there's some nervousness there, obviously, because it is going away. She's le- leaving her friends. They're all going sort of, you know, scattered all over the country. Mm-hmm. So she'll be apart from the people she knows. So there's some, you know, some nervousness there. But overall, she is extremely excited. She started buying paraphernalia for her school literally the day after she was accepted there. So oh, we've been, excited. you know. Oh, yeah. We've been pouring money into this for a minute already. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's excited. um, And I think she feels, I'm sure, but she feels really proud of herself. Yeah. This was a big accomplishment, getting in. um, And she has handled this entire process, um, even to much more than I wish she would have. I wish I could have been a bigger part of it. Like, I'll be honest. I will tell you, I would have loved to have been right next to her as she was writing her essays and things like that. But but she knew what she wanted in a school. She picked the schools to apply to. She did the application on her own. And even since then, things like sending in deposits and signing up for all of her housing stuff. I've literally done nothing Mm -hmm. except write the check. Let me make that clear. Now I have. I've done that. (laughs) And we'll get into that shortly about those checks you've been writing. Yes, those are those are a little painful. Um, so I'm doing that. But everything else she's doing. And like I said, I would love to be more involved in some ways. But on the other hand, she needs to own this process. This really is about her. It's not my moment. I had my moment in school. This is hers. And she needs to feel invested in it. That's going to add to her success. And she needs to really, you know, own it and be able to manage that. So she's ready. I, on the other hand, <laughs> am literally falling apart like I it's so funny I was telling a friend you know I know there was a time in life before the girl so before my daughter before my niece I know I had very you know well-rounded intelligent conversations I have no idea what they were about I don't know what I did (laughs) before them it's like I can't even remember your life becomes this divide of pre-kids and post-kids and and what's yes and what's interesting is the world seems to rally around you when you become a parent. There are all of these books and how to's and, you know, what to expect in that first year and all of that stuff. No one tells you how to handle this whole empty nesting thing. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot out there about that. So I feel like I am like waiting in the dark. I am worried for her because she just won't be here you know it's I say having your child go somewhere else it's like wearing your heart literally on your sleeve it's like your heart is outside your body into the world and you can't just wrap your arms around it and protect it um even things like I right now I know who all of her friends are I know how to get in touch with them I know their parents I know where they live I know all of those things She's going to be with all these strangers. They may be idiots for all I know. (laughs) So, you know. That's a good point. Yes. So you like, I'm sure now you know who your kids play with. You know who their best friend is. You can, you, you hang out together. You know, all of this information and I am going to literally know nothing. And that petrifies me. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm going through it. I'll be honest. And that's, you know, what you'll, you'll learn about me. I am very transparent. I appreciate um, the transparency. It's given me a lot of things I didn't think about. I'm not at that stage yet. 
Well, you'll, you will blink your eyes and you'll be there. And all of a sudden it's going to be one of those, oh, it's what now kind of moments. Right. And, and the only bit of experience I have, I have, I've attended college. So I'm like, but on the other side and, um, I work with students. So I work with youth ages like 12 to 16 and we mm-hmm. do career exploration and college exploration. So I have some that are almost going into college, but they aren't my children. So I'm guiding right. them on a different way, you know, not nowhere near. I didn't even think about, you know, all your friends. So it was like, oh, yeah. she didn't answer my text. I'll text Let me call this or whoever she's with. I'll and that's what I do. Because she may be hanging out with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her phone died one day, so I couldn't get in touch with her. So I literally just text the two friends who I knew she was with. And they were like, oh, yeah, this is where she is. We're right. good. Da, da, da. I won't be able to do that anymore. Exactly. And it's driving me a little bit crazy, if I'm honest. So, and again, I got a little taste of it when my niece went to school. And at that point, I thought, you know, I'm going to be the pillar of strength. I'm going to handle this. (laughs) It's no big deal. I am fine. And we took her to campus. We got her moved in. And then literally standing outside her dorm, um, I got a call from the airlines where we were flying home saying they had to bump our flight up and we had to leave a day earlier. And I ugly cried on the middle of Howard's camp. I mean, it was not cute. Like I am out there just tears, not the whole nine yards because I realized in that moment, I have to leave her here. And, you know, I wasn't ready. I'm supposed to have another day. So, so yeah, this is going to be an adventure. This is going to be something. (laughs) I bet. All right. So now I want to get into something that you are doing. I know yes. you felt like there was not a lot of support for those after you become an empty nester, but you started doing something about it. Out I there in listener land, Christy has written a book. And I want Christy to tell you all about it. Um, I was fortunate enough, her people actually sent me a copy of it. I read it. I laughed. It was very funny, relatable, enjoyable. So you take it away here. So I want you to tell everyone all about it and all that good stuff. Perfect. So yes, um, my book, I have to pay for this. And there's one additional word after that. Some places <laughs> I can say it, others I can't, but I'm sure they you can, can fill it in. You want to. Oh, perfect. Yep, so yes, it is. I have to pay for this shit. Yes. So um, what this book is really about um, are the conflicting emotions that we as, as parents and, and people who just love our little people go through. So it talks about kind of the highs and lows, the joys of seeing them succeed and how proud we are. And then just the extreme sadness and worry and all of that that we're feeling. And on top of all of these insane emotions that we're feeling, we also have to pay for this. I am literally paying somebody to take my child when all I want to do is keep her in my house where I can sit and hold her every day. So, you know, I'm one of those anytime I anytime I have something difficult to deal with, I want to try and laugh about it. It makes it a little bit easier. So so I wrote it thinking, you know, I need this to be relatable. I need parents to get it. And I needed something that other people, even those who don't have kids going off to college, could read and understand. So this is how you're feeling. You're happy and you're sad and you're broke all at the same time. That's a lot to deal that with. That message came across. It's really good. It's a really good, good. book. Good. Good. And I wanted to, and I, I chose to to structure it 
um, like a poem and to illustrate it as if it were a kid's book. Yeah. Um, again, just to give a little levity, but I was very deliberate with the illustrations. I wanted it to represent every family out there. I wanted there to be a lot of diversity in the book, yeah. but I wanted you to literally look at the pictures and see both the sadness, the joy, and the worry all on, you know, in one image. So it, I think it just perfectly sums up how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> so I'm, obviously you have your own, um, personally, your daughter could be inspiration for the book. And I know that you oh, felt yes. like there was a missing resource. Is there anything else that inspired you to write it or write it the, you know, a specific way that you did? Yes, absolutely. So it came from talking to the parents of a lot of her friends who were all feeling the same thing. They were simultaneously feeling, you know, this, I'm so proud my baby did it. They got into their dream school or they're doing this. And then it was instantly, but what am I going to do now? I'm so afraid for them. Um, and it was crap. I will never be able to retire because <laughs> the cost of college now versus the cost of college when I oh, went. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. Like it is, it is completely insane. So I wanted something that captured all of those different emotions. And the when, as I was talking to one parent um, about the idea, she said, oh, you, you have to write this. So once I had my first draft, I sent it to her and she called me literally screaming, yes, yes. this is what I need. This yes. is it. This captures it all. So, you know, the idea for it came to me the night that, that Christiana was accepted to her dream school. Okay. So she had been sitting and waiting. We knew they were releasing decisions at six o'clock that night. And again, I'm the parent. I wanted to be there to record the reaction video yeah. so we could do. She was like, nope, I am finding out by myself. I will oh. let you know when I'm ready to <laughs> let you know. So I was like, OK, clearly this is not about me. So I'm sitting on in the living room on the sofa. My leg is literally shaking because I'm just so nervous for her. Um, and the school that she's going to, they have less than a 7% acceptance rate. So we were, oh. you know, yeah, this was, we were crossing fingers and toes and yeah. saying prayers and all of that. Um, and by 6.01, I hear her just scream and run down the hall. I did it. Oh, so it's in a shame that moment, you couldn't capture that one. But you got your memory. You got the memory. I have the memory, but it would have been a great video. Um, but so I jump up and down. I am so happy. And then it instantly hits me. She's actually leaving. So my eyes fill up with water. Aww. Like within seconds, you I go me cry. Up, the happiest, <laughs> like most joyous yeah. I have felt in so long to crap. This is really happening. She's actually leaving. And then like that, my very next thought was, and I have to pay for this. <laughs> This is going to cost more than the first house I bought every single year. Like this is yes. about to be a life altering amount of money. But I was always the parent who said, it's your job to do the work and get in. And then it's my job to take care of the rest. Okay. And I was like, well, this is the rubber meeting the road here. <laughs> um, so it was all of these emotions that I felt simultaneously. And, and this book really, really captures all of those. Oh, yes. I, um, so Side note, I obviously have not met your daughter, but if she is anything like you, she <laughs> is amazing. I can Thank tell. you. I, I really can, sincerely. Just speaking to you, I'm thinking, um, for the sake of time, obviously, I want to make sure we, I'm respecting your time. I know you're busy. You got to promote and all, 
keep promoting your book and all these things, but I can tell that she must be, you should be really proud of the job you've done as a mom. And I know that you'll, you'll probably be able to write another book about another accomplishment that she's done with another (laughs) funny spin on it. She'll be doing something else that might be pulling on your purse strings, (laughs) but it'll be your fault in a good way. It's your fault, (laughs) mom. You, you got her independent and on the right tracks. <laughs> That's what she so said. She said that to me. Yeah. She was like, would you rather I not be accomplishing things? I was like, no, no, this is, this was the plan all along. Right. So, you know, yay you, but goodness. <laughs> yeah. So I, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Before we officially end, I wanted to make sure that you tell people where they can purchase the book, the release date. Yes where they can follow you and I'll make sure that I put all those links in the show notes too. So listeners can click right on it. So tell us. Wonderful. So you can buy the book at I have to pay for this.com. So, and then you can follow me across all social medias on Twitter and Facebook. I'm just at Christy Pruitt Haynes, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-P-R-U-I-T-T-H-A-Y-N-E-S. And on Twitter, I'm at C Pruitt Haynes. So, you know, please follow me. We're posting so much wonderful content, not only about the book, but just about this moment in life where your kids are sort of transitioning and all that we go through as parents. So we'd love to stay in touch with people that way. And obviously we'd love for people to buy the book. Yes, absolutely. And a side note, um, I will be purchasing a copy because my niece, this is her freshman year coming up. So I need to give this copy of the book to my sister. So I know she'll get a kick out of this one. (laughs) because this is her oldest kid going away and she'll have to do it again in another four years with her second daughter so this is absolutely yes it makes a phenomenal gift so thank you thank you for joining all right y'all we will talk to you next week oh wait before you go if you have made it to the end of the episode i appreciate it i also wanted to give another thanks for christy coming on i really appreciated her insight and I especially like when she spoke about having her daughter be able to reason her way out of things. I think that was pretty solid advice. I think I'll use that as my kid gets a bit older. Also, Chrissy's book comes out August 2nd. So on the date of this podcast release is also the date of her book release. So make sure you go over and support her. Check out the book. I've read it, y'all. It is lots of fun. It's funny and it's relatable, so make sure you check her out. I'll link her socials all in the description box. Also, P.S., y'all, we did it. Guess who landed themselves a magazine interview? Yes, I say we did it, right? So the podcast, I was able to do an interview with Self Magazine. So I would not have been able to do that without the support of my faithful listeners, so I appreciate that. And I'll link that article as well, just in case you want to check that out. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.